Hello and welcome to this Expert Insights audio CD. I'm Donna Hansen from Prime Solutions Training and Consulting. Our Expert Insights CDs is designed to give professionals access to the latest trends, ideas, philosophies and approaches that impact on productivity, performance and achievement both in business and personally. We know that these days it's often hard to find time to step outside your world and explore what's happening in other organisations. Prime's Expert Insights CDs are designed to provide you with concise information on topics relevant to you on a regular basis in a format that maximises your time and keeps you up to date with current trends. In this Expert Insights CD, we speak with Brad Greenwood, Executive Coach, about why having a strategy can make you more productive. But before I introduce Brad, let me tell you a little bit about him. After over 20 years in senior management roles, developing and implementing successful growth strategies for major Australian businesses, including the ANZ Bank, Telstra, PricewaterhouseCoopers and Woolworths, Brad founded Igniting Potential. Brad is a professionally trained executive coach, plus he's a chartered accountant. He works with clients to grow market share and revenue, build sales and business development capability, developing high-performing leaders and teams and embedding in the change. Welcome, Brad. Thanks, Donna. Pleasure to join you. Brad, why don't you firstly tell our listeners how you came to be an executive coach Thanks. Uh, look, you know, as you mentioned in the introduction there, so I spent 20 years working with major corporations and uh, over the 20 years, you know, the thing that I really observed that the best leaders did or had was a really deep self-awareness and insight about themselves, their business, their, their staff, their clients, the market they're in, their competitors. And it just really intrigued me that those leaders, the great leaders that had really deep self-awareness and insight use that as a base to build a really compelling uh, strategy for growth. And so for me, I guess it was just that interest in, well, how do do these leaders really build this deep self-awareness and insight? And uh, I've actually came to find that, you know, it's really hard to do on your own. And a lot of the times it's the ability to step back and reflect, to actually look at the situation you're in, to actually think about where you are today, where you want to be and how you're going to get there. And a lot of the strategy roles that I, I have had over the years, that, that essentially was the role that I played. And um, I increasingly got more involved in coaching and, and coaching programs and just I loved the focus there on self-awareness and insight. And I saw the real benefit and the tangible outcomes that coaching provided. So for me, it was I guess it was a journey of curiosity and just observing you know, what great leaders do differently. And then actually being involved and having the opportunity to get more involved in coaching programs and then saying, you know what, this is something I really love and believe in. I actually want to do more of this. Uh, and, and then, you know, getting some formal qualifications and launching my own business. That's really great stuff, Brad. I think or we certainly advocate to our clients uh, that the importance of having another set of eyes, particularly like for us in the technology space, sometimes it's a matter of somebody else looking at something, seeing it from a different perspective or presenting an idea that, you know, maybe you hadn't considered because we're often too close and if you go by the old adage, sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. Would I be, be right in assuming that? Spot on. You know, it, it always intrigues me in a coaching session with clients. And, you know, whether it's the, the four key areas I tend to focus on, strategy, sales, leadership, and change. You know, part of wrapping up the coaching session will be, you know, I'll ask around the key insights that um, the client's taking out of the session. 
And without fail, there's always something that they've taken as an insight that wasn't specifically articulated during the coaching session. And for me, that's gold because it's actually what's going on and just having the awareness around that um, and acknowledging that. And that's really that key for change. And it's often the unintentional ideas that come out or, as I like to call them, the aha moments where, you know, something is said and it wasn't necessarily a planned approach, but it triggers something in your client's mind that they hadn't even considered. Yeah, definitely. Yep. There's a client that comes to mind the other day, uh, you know, an accountant running an accounting firm that he's built up over the years, and it was just a throwaway line around, you know, well, what's going to be different when you get to this place that we're talking about? And he said, you know what, I actually won't burn out. And we just picked up on that. And fascinating that actually the goal of the coaching session and the, the coaching um, engagement is now really around reducing that key dependency on, on him in the business. And it was just a throwaway. So it, it's I find it's incredibly valuable. And you know, there's a lot that we're processing that we don't always have sort of sitting in the in the front of mind. Yeah, and we don't necessarily know how to articulate it. See, yeah. So, Brad, tell me and our listeners, what is strategy and why does having one or not having one make us more or less productive? Strategy in my mind... Um, and, and just to give some context, so my background was a various sort of a range of consulting roles. And I find that there's three people that you come across uh, who are in the executive coaching or business coaching space. You'll have consultants who will come in and tell you the answers to your problems. You'll have mentors who will come in and tell you what they would do based on being in a similar situation that the client's in in the past. So the emphasis there is on telling, and they're both great um, solutions. And the difference I see with coaching is around coming in and, and asking the questions and facilitating the thinking to, you know, work out where you are now, where you want to be, how you're going to get there. So the emphasis of the coaching is the asking and the drawing insight. They're all three really valuable um, services and, and ways of engaging. And just to be really clear on what you're looking for are going to get the most value from the time. And I find where I'm engaged on strategy, so to, to answer the question around what is strategy, it simply is that piece that I go through with clients on um, in coaching engagements. Where are you today? Where do you want to be? And how are you going to get there? And it sounds really simple, but what I actually find is until you can articulate that story, you really haven't got the strategy of where you're heading. It, it's really just a plan to get from where you are today to where you want to be. It's founded on having a really great goal, something that's really compelling. It's not just, you know, we're just going to double this in two years because, you know, that would be a good thing to do. There's got to be some deeper motivation and value behind that. Having a really clear strategy, I find that that makes people far more productive. And the biggest reason for that is because your actions are very intentional and very aligned with your strategy. And we're not wasting time on things that maybe are counterproductive. You know, we're very clear on the measures and the outcomes. And if things aren't delivering, we're asking the questions why and what do we do differently to keep getting there. So, Brad, you mentioned high-performing business and strategy. I assume you could also apply uh, a lot of this to individuals. And what do you believe strategy is for the individual in business or managers? Yeah, the um, very much the same, and, and I'll find in my executive coaching engagements, I'll either be working with leadership teams or you know business leader, and it will you know the the focus may be around the business strategy, or it may be around the leader's own strategy for growth in their own career. 
And I actually find it's the same concept of coming back to saying, well, where are you today in your career or personally, you know, as an individual? So rather than taking the business hat, put on the individual hat, where am I today? You know, whether that's around career, industry, salary, interests, whatever that area is, then actually saying, well, where do I want to be? And a lot of that I find is around coming back to your motivation, your core values, your belief. And that might sound a bit fluffy, but it's actually coming back to the things that you love and you're great at and how do you do more of those? And then what's the plan to get there? So I find a lot of the emphasis where I'm working with individuals, it's around having an individual strategy and the emphasis is around the insight and awareness of self, around the things that you love and that you're great at and then saying, well, what is the goal ultimately? What's the strategy? You know, Where are you now? Where do you want to be and how are you going to get there? And how do you then go about executing that really well? I guess too when we're talking about it from a personal perspective it's around creating some space to explore those things because you know I don't know about where you went to school but I know where I went to school there was never a subject on developing your core values and beliefs uh, and I think sometimes when you get out into business it's it's sort of one of those things that it's assumed that you know but they actually sort of evolve or you um, absorb those based upon your surroundings as you, as you grow up and you mature um, yeah. But I don't think people necessarily get the, the space to explore those things. Would I be correct in assuming that? Definitely. Look, increasingly, I mean, we're, we're kind of, while we're awake, <laughs> seems to be the norm now that we're switched on. We're either checking emails or texts or Facebook or social, whatever social media or there's, you know, we're responding. There's, there's always a to-do list that we're, we're running around. And a lot of times people, uh, you know, so I'm going to create some, some thinking time. And what I find a lot of times happens is you just reprioritize your to-do list in your thinking time. So you're not actually stepping back. And as you said, you know, that, that thinking space, the big question I'll ask with clients a lot, and it would be derivatives of this, but ultimately is, well, why? Why is that so important to you? Or why is that something to aspire after? What's going to be different when you actually get there? You know, a classic one that I come across is work-life balance. And, you know, people will say, oh, you know, well, I just want a better work-life balance. So that's fantastic. What's it look like? And they'll sort of just pause and go, well, just not today. I, I'm just, you know, essentially working all the time and no time for this and that. And go, well, so what's it actually look like? You know, and th that's the bit where you're getting that thinking space and you're having to sort of rather than just going, okay, bang, bang, here's the things that are on the to-do list. Well, actually, this is what it would be. It might be that maybe I've got the option to, you know, go to this once a week or I, I come in at this time once a week or, you know, maybe over the course of a month I have this. So it is really the focus on that thinking space and whether it is the individual and what that means for them at an individual level or, or whether that's for the business, it's asking the questions. I do find, though, a lot of times it's easier to talk about a business than ourselves because it's maybe not as personal and... I guess that's part of the real privilege that I find as an executive coach, that you're actually really coming alongside someone. I'm not there telling them what to do and talking down at them or talking up at them. I'm really coming alongside them, supporting them to be their best, which is ultimately about them getting where they want to head. Mm -hmm. Do some of your clients find, uh, like initially, the process of actually sitting down and starting to think about strategy or any of these things, do they find it confronting? Yeah, look, uh, I haven't 
come across anyone who's just said, no way, not going there. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a typical response I do find when we're sort of sitting down for an initial session, which would be a goal-setting session, and probably spend an hour and a half to two hours just really working through where they're at and, and really what that goal is. Uh, there'll be a lot of um, comments around great question. I haven't thought about that before and just that pause and reflection. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that that's great you know that's a real affirmation around there's some real great awareness and insight and reflection going on because they're actually stopping and thinking and um yeah i find that that's really valuable in that setting. so how uh how might you work with uh, like for example i would imagine in a business sense uh you might have um, an organizational strategy that's been developed at a larger level so where you're talking about strategy uh, in a business sense, would that be, you know, maybe assisting executives who uh, might have, uh, you know, a core functionality uh, from that, uh, you know, that upward strategy that's sort of come down to their part of the business and, and helping them work out what it means to them and how to go about implementing it? Mm. Yeah, I find that I'm, I'm working with big corporates and so leaders in big corporates and also uh, leaders in the SME um, segment. And I find the small, medium businesses that a lot of times there, it's really around saying, well, what is that aspiration? What is the goal? What's going to be different for you and for the business when you get there? In the larger organisations and working with leaders and leadership teams there, I find it really is around that there's some broad parameters that have been set for the organisation. And it's really that piece and, and that thinking space around saying, well, what's your belief in this? You know, what, what's going to be different for your clients or for your staff when you actually get there. So it's actually taking maybe some organisational objectives that have been handed down, as you said, and then saying, well, what does that actually mean for me? You know, what's my belief about this? Because unless there's some real personal sort of conviction or belief or buy into that, then it really is just more numbers on a page. And here we go again with another plan and another sort of round of numbers we need to deliver. But really bring it back to almost there's a personal belief in, in engagement with what's going to be different. And actually, here's the plan and here's the numbers and here's how we'll know that we've been successful with that. And that's the numbers and where they come in. And I guess, too, from, from that perspective, uh, with you being a, a chartered accountant, you know, clients will have the added value of there being a really strong financial grounding where you can actually, if they are in that SME space where they're influencing this or creating the strategy, or they are in that corporate space where they're uh, responsible for executing it, that you're able to put, you know, clear financial um, objectives in front of them and, and question how are they going to achieve it? Whereas a lot of executive coaches, you know, I would imagine don't have that that added, uh, you know, finance background and, and that would reduce their ability to really ask some tough questions that need to be asked in relation to strategy. Yeah. And I find this the sales background and also the, the chartered accounting background. I also did some, some studies around financial planning. I guess they all go together. It's around having a plan. It's around having a goal and then working through the numbers to say, well, how do we get there? And actually, you know, flipping that around and saying, well, what's the story the numbers are telling us about the business today? Mm-hmm. And, you know, even this morning had a... Um, a session with a client, and you know, they've built a great business over 25 years and um, really sort of thinking around, you know, what's the priority for the business over the next 12 months and getting all the state heads together. 
And it really is coming back to well, what, what's the story the numbers are telling us about the business? Because actually it's saying that if we continue the way things are today, it's actually not sustainable. Yep. That's a real reality and how you actually bring that out of the numbers in something that makes sense to people around, well, you know, he, here's what we generate and here's the cost and actually here's our return and then actually saying here's where it needs to be. And the risk you have is that when you start to say well, we want to generate this much in revenue or profit or whatever, now people go, well, that's great, but well, what's in it for me? Mm. You know, and it's that bit of then taking that story to the next level and saying, well, actually, here's our belief about, you know, we can continue to invest in new design and new concepts and we can really stay as a thought leader in the industry that we're in. Now, it's actually around the, the scope of works that we can be bidding for and participating in. And really, it's almost giving us a ticket to, to really um, step up our place in the industry. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a really interesting one, I find, um, a lot around how the numbers and then the actual engagement and the vision of the business tie in together and how one supports the other. So I think, um, you know, what you're saying as well is that you operate as a sounding board and, you know, with a, um, an objective set of eyes that can come back and ask those critical questions that enable people to determine, like you said, I hadn't thought of it that way or that's an interesting question or to really be able to dig deep down rather than being somebody who comes in and says, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. Yep, 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 you just do this and, yep, you're going to be right. You know, you'll give them the hard words if that's what they need. Yeah, and I find that the the, um, the key thing, I guess, again, there is around my, my default is to ask the questions and to let the client answer because mm. what actually goes on from some of the neuroscience training I've done, which is all around stress in the brain and, and how the brain sort of how we can manage our stress for peak performance, it's a really interesting one around asking a question and getting people to reflect is actually forcing them, the, the thinking creates a neural pathway. And that's actually the beginning of change because there actually there's this pathway. It's then around the commitment and the action and the reinforcement that embeds a new behaviour. So actually asking the questions of the numbers and, and this client again this morning, just saying, well, actually, so you're saying this is the margin you generated last year. What what should the margin be? What's the margin need to be for your business? And then actually working that through and then saying, so is that reasonable for the industry? Yeah, it is actually. Okay, and yeah, that, that's reasonable to be at that level. Okay, so just a really interesting, you know, for them to get to that point, I could have just told them straight up, but I find that you know, there's quite a benefit in actually the clients coming up with that because I'll be now talking about that without me there. Yeah, yeah, there's little value in you just providing mm. the answers. As you elaborated earlier on, you know, then you become more of a consultant rather than a coach. Yeah, and look, my background is consulting. Absolutely see huge benefit in consulting and mentoring and coaching. And for me, I just love that coaching space. So I'm not saying one's better than the other. It's just be really clear they have on their place. They do. Be really clear on what you need to, to get where you're going. So let's just link back. So we've had a, a good chat about the importance of, of strategy and, and so forth. So I, I just want to make it clear. How does having a strategy impact on either an organisation's productivity or an individual's productivity? Yeah. So the, I mean, if you're asking for a, a, you know, I can't give you a dollar or a specific number impact, but you think about, you know, your performance conversations that are going on with staff and actually staff engagement. 
So do staff know what's expected of them? And is there regular conversations that are going on around, okay, you're on target or you're behind, what's working well, what are the challenges, what do we do differently? That all needs to be, to, in my mind, to be really efficient and productive, that needs to be grounded in great strategy. There needs to be that sense of the actions that we're all taking contribute to the bigger goal and there's clear measures of the goal and we see how our actions contribute to, to the measures of the goal. If that's not in place, then you know you find that the engagement's really sort of lacking because people don't have that sense of purpose and achievement or recognition around how they're contributing. And you know, there's that huge risk of people are off doing things that really aren't contributing to where the organisation wants to go. So I guess you know that that's what I've seen around the productivity benefits, around the absolute clarity on what's expected of me in my role, mm-hmm. and then there's the regular conversations around how it's tracking. And that's also then ironing out things where there are performance issues or there's capability gaps and saying, well, you, you know, here's what we expected and here's where you are today. You're not there. What, what's going on? What's working well for you? But what are the challenges? And being able to address those really quickly. So rather than having someone in a role six months um, where there's some capability gaps, you're identifying that earlier and you're getting far greater productivity out of them by addressing that and then being able to deliver. And it all comes back to that strategy and those clear measures. So I guess if you, uh, once you've got the corporate strategy that's been handed down or your individual strategy, I'm guessing that on a regular basis, you'd probably be encouraging clients to ask themselves questions and and self-assess about how they're tracking. Definitely. I find most clients I work with, I'll meet with either fortnightly or monthly. And I find, you know, it really depends on the nature of the engagement and what the goal is that we're working on in the coaching um, piece. But I'll actually find that, you know, it's enough time where there's some things that have happened, but, wow, a lot of stuff left field comes up in that interim period and can distract you. And being able to get back together and just saying, so this was the goal and here's what you agreed you are going to do, how'd it go? What's worked well? What have the challenges been? What needs to happen? You know, what needs to what do you need to stop, start, continue to keep moving forward towards that goal? And I find, you know, that, that really I guess that's almost the role I'm playing with the clients that I'm working with is asking those questions and in turn for them, you know, the teams that they're leading and that's, I guess that sort of flows down around keeping that focus so that the action is on strategy and it is lining up to those measures of success. So, Brad, what are some of the key challenges you've found that people typically face in in building their strategy? The biggest challenge I find is that earlier point that you raised around the thinking space, that we're all busy and we've all got a lot of demands on our time and we tend to respond to the loudest loudest person, assistant person. So being intentional around creating those, you know, at least once a month, I would say, as a minimum, creating some space, at least an hour in your diary, an hour and a half, once a month, to be intentional to actually step back from the detail. So, you know, it's the the adage of in the business and on the business. It's really stepping back from being in the business, in the role, in the detail of what you're doing, uh, and then actually asking yourself, well, hang on, where am I today? Where did I want to be? And what needs to happen to get there? You know, it's there's questions around, well, what's working well? What are the challenges been? What do I learn from that? What are my insights? What do I stop, start, continue? The challenge we have is creating that space and sticking to it, firstly. And then when we do actually use that space to not falling into a trap of just getting a to-do list done, but really asking ourselves the question around what is working well and what are the challenges and what do I need to do differently? 
And that's the feedback I get from clients is it's, it's actually just having someone to ask the questions. And I know that sounds simple, but it's around knowing the questions to ask to get the person to reflect, to really draw insight and self-awareness about where they're at. So that's the biggest one is really just that thinking space and then how you're using that thinking space. There's probably three others that, that come to mind that, you know, a lot of us, it's the reactive versus proactive piece for us that, you know, you're setting time, you're actually being intentional around reflecting rather than just reacting to what's going on and where you're at. The two others would be around goals aren't clearly defined or there's no measures in place. And then it would also be a similar one, um, expectations aren't clearly communicated. So really, you know, if you're not clear on your goal and how you're going to measure the success of that, then you haven't set expectations for those that need to do things to deliver it. And there's no measures of success. So I guess to, to summarise that, there's probably a bit around creating the thinking space, really being intentional about stepping back and reflecting, not just getting a to-do list done, being proactive rather than just reacting to what's been happening for you today. Your goal is clearly defined, it's compelling. It's not just doubling the business in, in two years, it's around what's going to be different when you get there and the goal is based around that. And some clear measures, and then you're setting expectations based on that. So they're my big insights. Yeah. I, I think you you make a great point there, Brad, particularly about the importance of setting aside some time on a regular basis for intentional thinking. Mm. I think you know all too often we get caught up in the busyness, and mm. um, you know they say you've got to spend money to make money. Well, I think the same applies here. You've got to take time to make time, and mm. you know to ensure that you are going in the right direction rather than and to bring yourself back on track if perhaps you've gone off on a tangent. Tangent, uh, and you're shifting away from from your actual strategy because uh, uh, we like to call it the bright shiny object. Uh, sometimes stuff stuff comes up that looks really good, really enticing, and it's uh, um, you know it's a bit like fast food. I think you know you, at the time you think oh that'd be really great to have, and then afterwards you go oh shouldn't shouldn't have done that. Um, so it, you know when you commit to to that time, and we make the effort to do things like plan our holidays or plan our weekends and and Mm -hmm. so forth but uh, you know often in the busyness of business uh, and you know in in any level in an SME or in a large corporate you know it's about giving yourself and your team or your organization permission to sit Mm -hmm. back and reflect and adjust your strategy because you know as as you and I both know you know strategy is dynamic you know you have to respond to what's happening in the market to what's happening in uh, you know within your organization and you know political elements uh, all of this sort of stuff needs to be taken into account and you know it's it's all very well and good to go well things are going hunky-dory but if you then get three months down the track and you know some organizations it can be like they've got their blinkers on and then they go well where where the goodness did that come from i didn't even see that coming yeah, definitely. And, you know, look, we all know the value of having regular one-on-ones with our teams. And I think, you know, it's almost that that tends to be the thing that I find that gets squeezed first for a lot of people. Um, they go, oh, look, we'll skip this week. Or, you know, we'll just push it back. And you say, well, actually, you know what, it's being intentional around the things that are setting that really strong foundation and making sure you're doing those. Because it is, it's, you know, when it's, it's time and it's what you might say, well, it's not a bright, shiny object right now. Um, but it's that long-term success that you're investing in. 
I know too to to just take that point a little further is uh, you know in our space which is around productivity with technology uh, you know if you can sit down as a team and and make some decisions around how you're using technology and start to standardize things like the Excel spreadsheets you use the documentation that you do how you interact as a team or an organization with your email etc those things and having consistent standards and, and a strategy and approach can really impact on your organizational productivity as a whole and really take some stress away. Mm, yeah, definitely. Now, Brad, you mentioned execution. How could listeners ensure their strategy is effectively executed? Because, you know, that's probably the most challenging element of a strategy, the execution. Yeah, you're right. And look, we've all been involved in the big strategy projects that go on for months and months and tens of thousands of dollars to come up with a glossy document that's nicely bound and ends up sitting on someone's shelf or bottom drawer somewhere uh, and never seeing light of day again and, and really nothing different happening in the business other than some conversations for maybe a month or two about it. Uh, look, I'm a really big fan of um, Covey's four disciplines of execution framework. And uh, I like it as an execution model um, because it's simple. There's four key elements and I just find it, it just makes sense. And so in the four disciplines of execution, um, Covey talks around your goal and actually starting with the goal. And I guess in, um, you know, in the, the conversation that we've already had, uh, Donna, it's really what's going to be different. You know, what's your goal? It's around an outcome, but really what's going to be different when you get there and making sure it's a really compelling goal. You then actually make sure your measures line up to your goal. You have clear actions that actually support the measures. And then there's clear accountability structures in place to make sure those actions happen and that it's actually supporting the goal. And accountability, not necessarily the big stick approach, but I'm a big fan of accountability being, let's have a conversation about what we said we'd do. How is, how's it gone? What worked well? What were the challenges and what do we do differently? So four key elements that um, the Covey talks around, your goal, your measures, your actions, and your accountability. And I also like um, the conversation in there or the, the focus in there around your measures and, and being clear on your lead measures and your lag measures. Mm. So your lead measures being those activities that you're you know, conducting to generate an outcome, and your lag measures tend to be the end outcome. So from the sales perspective, you know, your lag outcome will be your sales number for the year. You won't know until you get there. But, you know, you can focus on how many calls we're making, how many meetings we're having, how many opportunities we're getting, how many we're converting, what size they are. All those lead sort of indicators will ensure that you get to your outcome and you can manage on your lead measures. So that's an execution framework I use a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of, and I just find it applies across really, it's not specific to industry, it's not specific whether you're talking about your business or your own sort of individual. What's your goal? How do you measure it? What are the actions? And are you accountable? And how's the accountability happening for that? I think it's very easy to slip into bad habits and, and I think certainly Covey is renowned for uh, the frameworks he provides and the market acceptance of those things. Mm. And uh, again, you know, it creates some uh, some overall, I know you incorporated it, some overall accountability and structure and framework to follow. And if everybody in your team is following that as they, they implement their own um, personal strategy or uh, assist in implementing divisional or organisational strategy, then 
then that ensures everybody's, you know, I guess, kicking in the same direction. Mm, definitely, yep. So, Brad, what key tips can you provide listeners to help them to define their goals and their strategy and, more importantly, help them make it happen? The key points for me, it'll really be, I guess, a bit of a summation of our discussion today. But first of all, to start with your goal, where are you today? Where do you want to be? And how are things going to be different for you when you get there? And the emphasis on that, what's going to be different? And, you know, it's amazing when you dig into that and, and really, you know, having someone you can trust and value and they're really going to be objective to ask you, so why, why is that important? What's going to be different when you get there? You know, what's different for you? What's different for others that are involved? So first of all, start with that goal. You know, where are you today? Where do you want to be? And what's going to be different when you get there? Secondly, some really clear measures around that goal. So put a timeline on it. You know, be specific on how you're going to measure it. Come back to the four disciplines of execution, your lead and lag measures. Third, have an execution plan that's communicated widely and understood and it's role modelled and reinforced regularly. And it's not just your execution plan but also your goal and your measures. So you're constantly coming back, reinforcing, embedding, role modelling the goals, the measures and here's our, our plan to get there. Fourth, it's around that regular thinking space, you know, that regular review and reflection time. Stepping back, you know, from the dance floor, stepping up into the balcony and looking down and saying, hang on, that's our goal. We're clear why it's important, what's going to be different. We've got some measures and we've been working on these actions that are in our execution plan. You know, are we there? Is it what's working well, what's not? What do we need to do differently to keep getting there? Actually, fourth, sorry. No, go on. Yep. The fourth thing, so I've said goal measures, get your execution plan, review it regularly, engage the right support to help you step back from the detail and reflect on the bigger picture. That can be a colleague, that can be someone outside of the workplace, that can be a consultant, a mentor, a coach. Be really clear on what support you need. You know, it's coming back to that self-awareness and insight about knowing yourself, how you work best and how you're really going to draw insight and awareness about your situation or the, the business you're leading, and actually doing that regularly. I would say at least once a month you're meeting and you're having that intentional sort of step-back balcony time, um, maybe more often depending on the situation you're in and how much change you're going through. I like the balcony analogy. I think that's that's good, and I think all too often we just do uh, like uh, Michael Gerber's e-myth. We're very much in the business and, and not working on the business mm. regardless of our role sometimes we need to step back um, and I, I guess too from a, um, an organizational perspective or a leadership perspective you know whether you're an SME or a larger organization is the importance of uh, business leaders and executives that uh, are being coached ensuring that the strategy they have is is congruent with the actions that they okay. display to their teams because otherwise they're sending mixed signals aren't they and that's the value of finding someone that can really help you step back because sometimes we're not aware of that. Uh, and to actually just have someone say, oh, okay, well, what's the feedback on that job? I don't know. <laughs> so it is a really good point. 
yeah, look, I um, I can't uh, recommend, you know, having a coach or a mentor enough to our listeners. If you don't have one, this is something, you know, if you truly want to take either your management, your organisation or your career to a different level, you really need to engage somebody that can uh, can help you bring out the best in you and, and help you move to the level or define, first of all, the level you want to move to and, and what it looks like. So, um, so, Brad, thank you so much for some great insights on how we can create and implement our own strategy if um, perhaps some of our listeners want to get in contact with you to chat further about strategies for themselves or their organization how's the best way for them to do that yeah look um so my business is called igniting potential um so i'm on linkedin brad greenwood um my phone is probably the best thing look i'm always up to have a conversation with someone my mobile number is 0417 one zero two seven seven two at zero four one seven one zero two seven seven two. My website is www.ignitingpotential.com.au and I'm Brad at ignitingpotential.com.au. Fantastic. Look, you know, this is, it's such um, a, a world that isn't necessarily discussed a lot about strategy and a lot about, you know, executive coaching. Uh, and, and certainly today in our, our brief time together, um, you know, I hope our listeners have, have gained some useful insights that will help them well, look at how they uh, how they form their own uh, personal or business strategies and, and maybe uh, as a result think about the, uh, you know, the potential for themselves of, of uh, engaging a, a coach or a mentor to help support them to get to the next level. So, Brad, thanks very much for your time today and for your insights on why having a strategy can make you more productive. Thank you for joining us for this Expert Insights CD. For more information on Prime Solutions Training and Consulting and our services, visit our website, the three W's, Prime Solutions with an S at the end, .net.au. Until next time, this is Donna Hansen of Prime Solutions Training and Consulting, where we're helping you work smarter and not harder with technology. Bye for now. Bye.